Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar. This is going to be episode 75, and it's going to be the readings for Saturday, the second Saturday of Lent and the end of the second week of Lent of 2021. So if you like what I do and you think I'm doing a good job, please subscribe and share. It'll be a great help. So we reached the end of the second week of Lent of 2021, and we're going to do the readings. We're heading into the third week, so we're moving pretty fast. So please join me and let us pray the act of contrition in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do through my faults, through my faults, through my most grievous faults. Therefore, I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, and all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to please pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us all our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kiri elision, kiri elision, kiri elision, Christe elision, Christe elision, Christe elision. Kiri elision, kiri elision, kiri elision. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Queen of the Rosary, pray for us. Saint Joseph, Guardian of the Church, Defender of the family, terror of demons, pray for us. St. Peter, pray for us. St. Paul, pray for us. St. Mary Magdalene, pray for us. St. John the Evangelist, pray for us. St. Athanasius, pray for us. St. Jerome, pray for us. St. Ambrose, pray for us. St. Augustine, pray for us. St. John Fisher, pray for us. St. Thomas More, pray for us. St. Thomas Aquinas, pray for us. St. Francis, pray for us. St. Anthony, pray for us. St. Michael the Archangel, pray for us. Lord, please bless this podcast reading. Bless the readings of the scripture. Bless those who hear it. And please guide me to say the right things for people and to say only what is good. And may the readings and prayers transform us into the image of your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, a reading from the prophet Micah, chapter 7, verse 14 to 15, 18 to 20. God will cast our sins into the depths of the sea. Shepherd your people with your staff, the flock of your inheritance, that dwells apart in a woodland, in the midst of Carmel. Let them feed in Bashan and Gilead, as in the days of old, as in the days when you came from the land of Egypt. Show us wonderful signs. Who is, who is there like you? the God who removes guilt and pardons sin for the remnant of his inheritance, who does not persist in anger forever, 
who does not persist in anger forever, but delights rather in clemency, and will again have compassion on us, treading underfoot our guilt. You will cast into the depths of the sea all our sins. You will show faithfulness to Jacob and grace to Abraham, as you have sworn to our fathers from the days of old. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, one more time. Shepherd your people with your staff and uh, the flock of your inheritance that dwells apart in a woodland in the midst of Carmel. Let them feed in Bashan and Gilead as in the days of old, as in the days when you came from the land of Egypt. Show us wonderful signs. Who is there? Who is there like you? The God who removes, who removes guilt and pardons sin for the remnant of, of his inheritance, who does not persist in anger forever, but delights rather in clemency and will again have compassion on us, treading underfoot our guilt. You will cast into the depths of the sea all our sins. You will show faithfulness to Jacob and grace to Abraham. And you have sworn to our fathers from the days of old. This is a wonderful, um, a wonderful passage because it shows that, you know how you hear, I always say it again, it always upsets me when you hear people say that the God of the Old Testament is grumpy and old and, and very vindictive. It's so, it, it is such naiveness and such stupidity when you hear someone say that because they really are not paying attention. They're not paying attention. They're, they're holding on to a stereotype and that is not that is not the God. That is not the God of the Old Testament. No, there is only one God. The God of the Old Testament, the God of the New Testament is the same God. And the problem is here is that they, I think, just have a prejudice and a bias against Scripture, against the Bible, against religion. There, uh, it's also, it sounds so ignorant, so unintelligent when you hear someone talk that way. If they've had a bad experience, that's a different story. It's a very different story if they had a bad experience. And usually bad, it's, it's bad experiences because of the scandal of bad behavior on the part of Christians who do that. And that's something understandable, but Whenever I hear someone say that, it really, really gets me angry. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm angry. I'm, I'm very. It's very insulting, and very hurtful because, you know, you hear people in the modern culture. That's not my God. Well, what do you mean? What is? Who is your God? You see, they're, they're, they've turned it into subjective, and this is what I believe. This is the God I came up with. This is the God I found that that is that is unfortunate that they think that way because that's not there's no such thing there's there's only one god it's the same god i believe in and the same god hopefully you believe in because it's one god we don't no one invents their own god no one finds their own god there's only one god and that's this is something that they have to you know this is something i don't know where they learned it from it's 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 the trends of the culture, you know. I'll you know I have my own morality. I have my own my own set of wisdoms. I have my own set of codes. Well, 
good luck because unfortunately you live in you live in the same world as everyone else and you know if you have your own values i think you're going to find conflict because morality is universal law is universal and god is universal is is the same god here he says he, he acknowledges God as the shepherd. Shepherd your people with your staff and the flock of your inheritance that dwells apart in a woodland in the midst of Carmel. And then he mentions places called Feed and Bashan and Gilead must be very uh, beautiful fields as in the days of old, as in the days when you came from the land of Egypt, always back to the land of Egypt, always back to the Exodus with Moses, a very important world event a very important event for the world when God delivers a people from bondage, a people from, from evil. Who is there like you, the God who removes guilt? He's the only God that removes guilt. He is not a vindictive evil God. He is a God who wants to remove guilt and pardon sins for the remnant of his inheritance. Again, just as Israel is his inheritance, so is the church. And hopefully Christians, uh, there, are, there, there are, I pray, I pray that there's faith. Who does not persist in anger forever? God doesn't persist in anger forever. I wish these people could read the scriptures. He does not persist in anger. But delights rather in clemency and will again have compassion on us treading underfoot our guilt you will cast into the depths of the sea all our sins isn't that beautiful treading underfoot he will again have compassion on us treading under our uh, under uh, underfoot our guilt you see this is is a question here who does not persist in anger forever but delights rather in clemency and will again compassion have compassion on us treading underfoot our guilt he will he will he will remove our guilt from us and he will walk tre trample under uh, uh, on you know trample over it under his foot god it, god does not want to look in our guilt he doesn't want to see it he wants to see us liberated from our guilt you will cast into the depths of the sea all our sins. Again, cast into the depths of the sea. Remove our sins and throw it. Tie a millstone around it and it will fall to the depths of the sea and never be remembered. That's a beautiful God. And it goes on. You will show faithfulness to Jacob and grace to Abraham. Now we go from Jacob, Abraham, just for now, we went from the exodus of Egypt. And you have sworn to our fathers from the days of old. See, be familiar with, with, with the scriptures. Be familiar with the word of God. The more you get familiar, the more you'll be able to tell these people, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't think you're reading the same Bible I'm reading. Because I don't know which Bible you're reading. But this that's, that's not what I've been reading in the Bible. All right, let's move on. Okay, Psalm 103, and the response is, The Lord is kind and merciful. The Lord is kind and merciful. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all my, and all my being. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. The Lord is kind and merciful. 
He pardons all your iniquities. He heals all your ills. He redeems your life from destruction. He crowns you with kindness and compassion. The Lord is kind and merciful. He will not always chide, nor does he keep his wrath forever. Not according to our sins does he deal with us, nor does he requite us according to our crimes. The Lord is kind and merciful. For us, for as the heavens are high above the earth, so surpassing is his kindness towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he put our transgressions from us. The Lord is kind and merciful. Okay, so bless the Lord, O my soul, and all my being, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He pardons all your iniquities. See? Where is the God of uh, this God that they talk about that is very vindictive? He pardons all your iniquities. He heals all your ills. He redeems your life from destruction. He crowns you with kindness and compassion. Now, this doesn't sound like the God that they, uh, they're talking about, right? You see how silly that is? He will not always chide, nor does he keep his wrath forever. Not according to, your, to our sins does he deal with us, nor does he requite us according to our, our crimes. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so surpassing his kindness toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he put our transgressions from, our, from us. See? I don't think people really... Um, they really should spend more time and read, read the Bible. Yes, he is a God of the law. He is the God of justice. He is the God of wrath. But he is also the God of mercy and compassion and love. He's not unjust. He is anyone. He has more right to justice and more right to wrath than anyone. But he, but he is God and he knows everything. And when people talk about God, like saying the Old Testament God is very vindictive and frightening and he, you know, he, he scares me. That's foolishness. That's someone who will never bother to pick up the Bible. And also that's someone who's extremely a little bit overly dramatic. Yes, he is God. And yes, he is justice. But I think these, these, these characters are just very, these are people who, I think they just, they just want to speak nonsense. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, let's move on. All right, the verse before the gospel is from Luke chapter 15, verse 18. I will get up and go to my father and shall say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. Okay, this is a, uh, the uh, prodigal son. All right. I, I will get up and go to my father and shall say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I will get up and go to my father and I shall say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. 
All right, let's begin. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 15, verse 1 to 3, 11 to 32. Your brother was dead and has come to life. Tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to listen to Jesus. But the Pharisees and scribes began to complain, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So to them Jesus addressed this parable. A man had two sons, and the younger son said to his father, Father, give me the share of your estate that should come to me. So the father divided the property between them. After a few days, the younger son collected all his belongings and set off to a distant country where he squandered his inheritance on a life of dispassion, dispassion, debauchery, I think. Okay, that's the correct word. When he had freely spent everything, when he had freely, when he has freely spent everything, a severe famine struck the country, and he, and he found it, found himself in dire need. So he hired himself out to one of the local citizens who sent him to his farm to tend the swine. And he longed to eat his fill of the pods on which the swine fed, but nobody gave him any. Coming to his senses, he thought, how many of my father's hired workers have more than enough food to eat? But here am I, dying from hunger. I shall get up and go to my father and I shall say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Treat me as you would treat one of your hired workers. So he got up and went back to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father caught sight of him, and he was filled with compassion. He ran to his son and embraced him and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. But his father ordered his servants, Quickly, bring the finest robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Take the fattened calf and slaughter it. Then let us celebrate with a feast, because this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. Then the celebration began. Now the older son had been out in the field, and on his way back he neared the house and heard the sound of music and dancing. He called one of the, uh, one of the servants and asked what this might mean. The servant told him, your, pro your brother has returned, and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf because he has him, he has him back and back safe and sound. He became angry when he ref and he refused, and when he refused to enter the house, his father came out and pleaded with him. He said to his father in reply, "Look, all these years I served you, and not once did I disobey your orders. Yet you never give me even a young goat to feast on with my friends." But when your son returns, who swallowed up your property with prostitutes for him, for him you slaughter a fattened calf. He said to him, My son, you are here with me always. Everything I have is yours. 
But now we must celebrate and rejoice, because your brother was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Probably one of the most famous of all in Western literature. Really, it is. I mean, this is uh, beautiful. There's better translations uh, than this one. I don't know what the word dispiation, dispiation. I'm guessing it's debauchery, but they don't want to use that word for some reason because that's exactly what he did. He went out and he sort of like, you know, you know how many times people, young rich kids have taken their money and they're having frat parties and they got crazy parties going around. Um, Things that, you know, they're doing, inviting their friends and girlfriends and from college or high school and they go nuts. They practically turn the house into a debauchery, you know. But what happened is, um, this is about forgiveness, but it's not so much about the prodigal son, it's really about the father. Again, we, 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 this was the mistake. The prodigal son, yes, but it's about the father. And technically, is it really about the son who went off? What a, Because suddenly... The, the, the spotlight shifts. It goes from the son who came back repentant and sorrowful for his mistakes, for his sins, and it focuses on the son who was working out in the field, who was in a sense bittered. And the father is pleading with both. He's pleading with the son. You know, he, he welcomed the son, he embraced the son who returned, but now he's turning and looking to the other son who's very much embittered. And you know that. Again, the divided household. Remember, we just read about a couple of days ago about uh, Joseph and his brothers, uh, not, not, not long recently, and how his brothers just wanted to, they wanted to kill him. And we also have the story of Jacob and Esau. And we also have the unfortunate events of Cain and Abel. And we also have the unfortunate event of Ishmael and Isaac. Of course, that was a div- all that is divided household, dysfunctional household. Nobody comes out looking clean here. They're all pretty much, uh, you know, foolish, you know, foolish and sad. It's a sad event. But here it's about that God is forgiving. That God is forgiving. And that he is a God of reconciliation. The other son went out and wasted his money, all his inheritance, foolishly. All right? The other one remained home. He worked the field. He comes back and he sees the celebration, the party, and he finds that his brother has returned. He just flips. Probably the two of them, you can imagine, just didn't get along with each other. He felt the young, probably, he's probably the oldest, maybe. Could be the oldest. I can imagine that, because I can relate. And the youngest is a is a spoiled brat who always got his ways you know and the and me and in a sense you know how parents parents do have favoritism i mean you know it happens it happens with with it it's 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 human it's human frailty and um the imperfection of the human nature you know for some reason the father softens at the last and youngest child, 
For some particular reason, parents do that all the time. For some reason. And the oldest and middle one always feel like they're pushed aside. It happens. It happens. And it's, it's unfortunate about human nature. It's unfortunate about their, their behavior in some cases. Why they tend to show that kind of affection. Why they tend to soften a little bit. I mean, you can see them softening towards grandkids. Like they act like they never had kids, <laughs> in a sense. Really, you see how they, they, they buy gifts, they buy this, they buy that. I've heard people say this, you know, they never did that for me when I was a kid. <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard parents say that, I've heard my friends say that, which is kind of funny, you know. I mean, you know, they, 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 they go to, like amazed how grandparents just go crazy. And I'm thinking, you know, really, that's, that is interesting, but I'm wondering... Well, maybe because they don't have to deal with you anymore, you know, now that it's your kid, they can like finally spoil the grandkid and you pick up the mess. <laughs> maybe that's what they're thinking. It's possible. But the point is of the story is that God is forgiving. And that's what Jesus is trying to present to his audience. The Pharisees, the Phar- it starts off with the Pharisees be, be heckling. And Jesus is pointing out, you know, they just don't understand the word of God. They're more about the rules and they're not about forgiveness. And that's true. The Pharisees talk always about the rules, always about God's law, but never about God's forgiveness because they're not reading God. They're not reading the scriptures. What they're reading, what they're doing is learning the dictates that they learn from their masters, from their teachers. The law, keeping things in order, but not looking at the word of God. And that happens. They're looking, they, they, they spend more time studying their teacher than they do study the scripture. They're, they're actually spending time on commentaries than they do on the word of God. And that's, and that's unfortunate. Always, always, I think, read the word of God. The commentaries will help you understand things that you find difficult to understand, difficult to comprehend. And that's and that is important, I think. Always read the scripture. And if there's something you have a problem with, you can go to the commentary. This is how I do it. I mean, you know, it's you can look it up and and try to stay within, you know, the Catholic teaching of how to of how to read scripture. Because it always is about forgiveness. It's always about forgiveness, reconciliation. Because we read that. Like, this is one thing beautiful about the daily missal. Is that you can see as it lines up the different scripture passages. As Micah, right? We read Micah first. Micah is pointing out that God is a forgiving God. And the Psalms, the psalmist is telling us that God is a forgiving God. And Jesus is showing that God is a forgiving God. It's not wrath. That's just for people. People who say that are probably people who would never pick up the Bible in their life and don't plan to. They'd rather listen to the History Channel and listen to something from CNN, what the CNN tells them about Scripture, than actually listen to what Scripture says and what the church teaches. So they, they learn, they think what CNN is telling them is all the truth. It's fake news, surprise. And guess what happens? They walk around and they think they got a scholarship. 
All right, so let's end it with an Our Father, Hail Mary, and St. Michael. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Saint Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wild, wicked attack of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And now, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. God bless, and I'll be back soon with Sunday's reading. Hopefully I can get through that without any problems from my burden upstairs, that is my neighbor. So God bless and be well.